forbidden and banned the bane of bureaucrats, exposing mainstream media's weapons of mass distraction, flying under the radar, and dropping truth bombs on tyranny. It's Liberty Now. And welcome to Liberty Now. I'm your host, John Verd, trainer, piper, Navy diver, and Liberty lover. Thank you for stopping by. This is the show for discerning minds and common sense. We seek the truth and can think for ourselves. I'll be here dropping truth bombs and chatting with you about stuff that matters to you and me and looking for solutions to fight the new world order globalist agenda. Today we're talking about monkeypox, the outbreak, and how another news scare was amazingly predicted a year before it happened. I got a news tip from a friend, so I decided to do a little of my own research. Even though we're not supposed to, according to Brian Stalter, uh, here I'll let him tell you. Four words, four little words that are hurting America's pandemic response. What are they? Here, let Sean Hannity tell you. He loves these words. Do your own research. Please do your own research. Do your own research. Do your own research. There's a ton of it right on, you know, at the tip of your fingers on your own phone. Right, and that's the problem. Do your own research. Everybody has a supercomputer in their hand that empowers them to do their own research, which, which is great, right? Isn't it? Can we all stop saying, I need to do my own research? Nobody who's saying that is getting in a lab and doing tests. At best, you're reading other people's research. And more likely, you're probably reading a tweet about a headline, about a blog post, about someone else's research. <laughs> See, Sean Hannity could learn a thing or two from Trevor Noah. That phrase, do your own research, it's popping up a lot in conversations about coronavirus and about COVID vaccines. Nicki Minaj used similar wording in that tweet this week saying she was doing research. But this go-it-alone approach, doing your own research, it seems so innocent, but it can have serious consequences. And I know that Trevor Noah and Mr. Stelter hate it when we do this, but I did, in fact, do a little of my own research. In fact, I decided to look up that phrase because we know how the media likes to parrot common talking points. And if you do a search online for, quote, don't do your own research on any search engine that allows a custom date range search, you'll find that it becomes a big talking point around the same time in August and September of 2021, but prior to that, very sporadically. You'll find it coming from the usual news outlets like Forbes, CNN, New York Times, The Conversation, but also I found it on a small local news outlet uh, even a podcast called Free Thoughts on Libertarianism.org. Well, I'm here to tell you, go ahead and do your own research. Think for yourself and just use some common sense. For example, are you really going to believe a tweet or some random blogger? Or will you go to the source, the medical journals and the research papers and read them for yourself? Or uh, listen to the doctors such as uh, Robert Malone, one of the inventors of mRNA technology when it comes to looking up things about COVID-19 or any other research. But all that is a topic for another time. So addressing monkeypox, how dangerous is it? According to the WHO, the World Health Organization, the current outbreak is the West African clade. 
Now, this is less severe than the Central African clade. Although it's early days, it doesn't seem to be very alarming at the moment. None of us can predict if it will become worse. But what I want to talk to about today is the timing of this exact outbreak and how it was predicted, or was it just another amazing coincidence? But let's go back in history a little bit. In May of 2010, the Rockefeller Foundation published Operation Lockstep with the subtitle, A World of Tighter Top-Down Government Control and More Authoritarian Leadership with Limited Innovation and growing citizen pushback. That doesn't sound ominous. In this scenario, they describe a virus which emerges from China and rapidly spreads around the world, destroying the economies of the West. However, China's economy was saved due to the country's quick imposition and enforcement of mandatory quarantine for all citizens, as well as its instant and near-hermetic sealing off of all borders. I'll include a PDF of the document for you to download and look at it for yourself in the show notes at libertynow.com. So you may recall also back in 2017, Dr. Fauci amazingly predicted a surprise outbreak, which would occur during the Trump administration. I'll play you that clip now. There will be a surprise outbreak. Given, as you heard from the introduction, that I have been around for a while and have had the opportunity and, and the privilege and the pleasure of serving in five administrations, um, I thought I would bring that perspective to the topic today is the issue of pandemic uh, preparedness. And if there's one message that I want to leave with you today based on my experience, and you'll see that in a moment, is that there is no question that there will be a challenge to the coming administration in the arena of infectious diseases, both chronic infectious diseases in the sense of already ongoing disease, and we have certainly a large burden of that, but also there will be a surprise outbreak. And I hope by the end of my relatively short presentation, you will understand why history the history of the last 32 years that I've been the director of NIAID will tell the next administration that there's no doubt in anyone's mind that they will be faced with the challenges that their predecessors were faced with. So for those who think that infectious diseases is gone, there's so many people who've made foolhardy statements not knowing at the time that they made them. I usually show a quote from an old surgeon general or an old uh, pundit in infectious disease so I thought I'd pull this one out from Sir McFarlane Burnett, who was actually a, uh, a Nobel Prize winning immunologist, uh, who made the statement, as many did, to write about infectious diseases is almost to write of something that has passed into history. The most likely forecast about the future of infectious diseases is that it will be very dull, uh, which is really kind of interesting coming from a semi-genius like McFarlane Burnett. And I think what he did and the mistake that so many people have made is something that several of our panelists have already referred to. And that is a failure to look beyond our own borders in the issue of the globality of health issues 
not only things that are there that will come here, but surprises that we have. What is for sure that no matter what, history has told us definitively that it will happen because infectious diseases, as I said eight years ago in this article with David Morins and Greg Fokers, that it is a perpetual challenge. It is not gonna go away. So the thing we're extraordinarily confident about is that we are gonna see this in the next few years. Now keep in mind, this was Dr. Fauci in 2017. So digging a little more, looking back through the history prior to the outbreak, here's a rundown of some past tabletop exercises conducted in the past preceding COVID-19 outbreak. SPARS, S-P-A-R-S. Also in October of 2017, Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security published the SPARS exercise. The SPARS scenario features an outbreak of the novel SPARS coronavirus, first identified in a major U.S. city in 2025. Over a three-year period, the virus spreads to every U.S. state and more than 40 countries where case fatality rates vary depending on the capabilities of local health systems. In the United States, an existing drug is repurposed to treat SPARS symptoms, while federal regulators work with pharmaceutical company to fast-track the production of a SPARS vaccine. Then came Crimson Contagion tabletop exercise, January to August of 2019. This was a joint exercise in which national, state, and local and private and public organizations in the U.S. participated in order to test the capacity of the federal government and 12 states to respond to a severe pandemic of influenza originating in China. Event 201, on October 18, 2019, the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security, in partnership with the World Economic Forum and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, hosted a high-level pandemic exercise called Event 201. Since the real COVID outbreak, news of this exercise has gone viral, and of course, they have released a statement saying that they weren't trying to predict anything, and that even though they were simulating with a mock coronavirus, it wasn't specifically COVID-19. Okay, I feel better. Nothing to look at there. And then, of course, on January 30th, 2020, the WHO declared a global health emergency with the actual COVID-19 outbreak. So that's the background I wanted to share with you a bit before we fast forward to now, August of 2022. Monkeypox. From an article in Biotech Express magazine in November of 2021, which I'll also include in the show notes the link to, on November 9th, Bill Gates warned that governments must prepare for future pandemics and smallpox terror attacks by investing billions in research and development. Here's a clip from YouTube. It'll take probably about a billion a year for a pandemic task force at the WHO level, which is doing the surveillance and actually doing what I call germ games, where you practice, you say, okay, what if... Uh, a bioterrorist brought smallpox to 10 airports, you know. What if uh, a bioterrorist brought smallpox to 10 airports? A bioterrorist brought smallpox to 10 airports. How would the world respond to that? Uh, you know, that there's naturally caused epidemics and bioterrorism caused epidemics that 
could even be way worse than what we experience today. Now, monkeypox is not the same, but similar to smallpox and milder, but both belong to the same group of viruses known as orthopox virus. Coincidentally, soon after Gates's comment on smallpox bioterrorism, on November 17, 2021, an investigation of the FBI and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention found questionable vials labeled smallpox in a freezer at a Merck facility outside Philadelphia, according to an alert sent to the Department of Homeland Security in the U.S. And now on July 23rd, the World Health Organization declared monkeypox a global public health emergency just one month after they had determined that the outbreak had not reached an emergency level at the time. At my last check, the outbreak has spread primarily among men who have sex with men. So it would seem that the minority of the public would be at risk for this, although they are now pushing for vaccines and emergency declarations for everyone. So the latest WHO announcement comes after the International Health Regulations Emergency Committee, or EC, was unable to reach a consensus about the severity of the outbreak. Dr. Tedros, the WHO's director general, overruled the committee by declaring monkeypox a, quote, public health emergency of international concern. Keep in mind that this declaration means that it now requires a coordinated international response. Now, this is interesting because uh, if you like to do a lot of reading like I do, you'll find a lot of coincidences uh, in reading of history and uh, fiction and nonfiction. Um, but this particular one I wanted to read to you from a book I'm currently reading, uh, C.S. Lewis's Space Trilogy. And not a lot of people realize that he'd written any space fiction, including me, but uh, I just discovered this one and uh, am on the third book now. But this is very interesting, especially in the third book, because he seems to have a deep understanding of how the deep state and technocracy works. And keep in mind that this third book was published in 1945. So to give you a little backdrop on what the story is about, the protagonist, who is a sociology professor at Bracton University and a fellow there, is um, being brought into the sort of um, inner circle of the progressives at the university, and then um, furthermore being brought into uh, an organization called the NICE, the National Institute for Coordinated Experiments, which is kind of a communist front uh, organization of technocrats who have a, a, a bigger agenda in mind. They want to um, bring science to the forefront of managing uh, humans and society worldwide, and they have much larger plans than what they let on in the beginning. But the protagonist, Mark Studdock, is being brought in for his expertise, but also his ability in communications and to write articles. And then, although originally he sort of finds this demeaning, he's gradually brought in to accept this. And they've asked him to uh, write some articles prior to a disturbance in the little town, where in the university town where he works. 
and where his wife also lives. But uh, they're talking about how they're going to um, basically create a disturbance or create a problem and then write about it, uh, write the propaganda prior to the event taking place. So as they're discussing this little disturbance, our protagonist starts to realize they're creating these disturbances by bringing in some of their own people into this little town to cause conflict to which they will come in and provide the rescue. It's the old hurt and rescue technique. So I'm uh, quoting from the book where they're talking about how they're going to do this. Quote, you mean she herself is the disturbance, said Mark. Yes, yes, said Philostrato, his little eyes glistening above his fat cheeks. It's all fair and square, said Miss Hardcastle. You can't put a few hundred thousand imported workmen, not the sort you enrolled, interjected Feverstone, into a sleepy little hollow like Edgestow, said Miss Hardcastle, continuing, without having trouble. I mean, there'd have been trouble anyway. As it turns out, I don't believe my boys needed to do anything, but since the trouble was bound to come, there was no harm in seeing it come at the right moment. To which Mark says, You mean you've engineered the disturbances? said Mark. To do him justice, his mind was reeling from this new revelation. In the meantime, you and I have got to get busy about the account of the riot. But what's it all for? Emergency regulations, said Feverstone. You'll never get the powers we want at Edgestow until the government declares that a state of emergency exists there. Interesting, isn't it? That certainly sounds like a lot of what we've been seeing currently, but keeping in mind that this book was published in 1945. And then I was recently sent this PDF document, which I'll screenshot here and include a link of so you can download and read it for yourself. This is a confirmed document from the Nuclear Threat Initiative, or NTI. The Nuclear Threat Initiative is a global security organization focused on reducing nuclear and biological threats. And this was published in November of 2021, which mentions monkeypox specifically. On page six of the report, we read, quote, the exercise scenario portrayed a deadly global pandemic involving an unusual strain of monkeypox virus that emerged in the fictional nation of Brinia and spread globally over 18 months. Ultimately, the exercise scenario revealed that the initial outbreak was caused by a terrorist attack using a pathogen engineered in a laboratory with inadequate biosafety and biosecurity provisions and weak oversight. By the end of the exercise, the fictional pandemic resulted in more than 3 billion cases and 270 million fatalities worldwide. End quote. Now, does Brinia sound like Britain or Britannia to you? Or is it just me? And then they go on to describe gaps in national preparedness, bioresearch governance and financing, and international preparedness. And on page eight, they outline this monkeypox pandemic scenario, complete with a fictional news screenshot dated May 10th of 2023. They even have some video clips from uh, a CNN-like show. It's, it's actually GNN is the logo. But it's clearly the same as CNN. 
And while this video plays, I'll read the uh, screenshots of the text in between. There are growing questions today around a new and deadly outbreak. Another global outbreak, but this time it's different. Scientists determined that this monkeypox virus was engineered. Biological terrorism in one region, unleashed on the rest of the world. And they show ambulances driving down the street and paramedics, medical workers in hazmat suits carrying stretchers covered in plastic. Billions of cases, hundreds of millions dead. With limited antiviral drugs and no known effective treatments, countries around the world are struggling to control another pandemic with already devastating effects. Poor oversight and gaps in global governance leave us vulnerable to catastrophic biological threats. Can the international community act quickly enough? Seeing far fewer cases in countries where governments took early and decisive action. And some international experts are urging the WHO to adopt a phased approach to warnings. The time to prepare for the next global pandemic is now. And now, is it a surprise that we see on CNN reporting of an actual monkeypox outbreak on May 8th? of 2022. Of course, once the outbreak actually occurred, news outlets like Reuters go on to say that these exercises that mirror the exact same scenarios as later of, of actual outbreaks is just purely coincidental. I'm going to show you, I'll include some images here so you can see the screenshots from the tabletop exercise in Munich. So are all these events and these tabletop exercises coinciding with the actual outbreaks purely coincidence? Is there any planning or foreknowledge, or is there some monkeypox monkey business going on? Despite what Trevor Noah and Brian Stelter may tell you, go ahead and do your own research. Until next time, be good and keep asking questions.